0: Um, Before I introduce our speaker today, Tyler Blanks, our Revolution Youth Pastor, I want to give kind of a big update in terms of our Revolution Student Ministries. If you don't know what that is, you don't have teenagers, I have two teenagers myself, but maybe you don't. Uh, Our Student Ministries is our 6th through 12th grade ministries. They meet every Wednesday night. Uh, for worship, for games, for snacks, and for a short teaching and small groups uh, as they gather together, just our students. And our students are super blessed right now. In fact, we've seen an increase, we use that word a lot around here, in our youth group over the last year. We've seen an increase in the number of volunteers jumping into our youth group. In fact, let me celebrate our team this weekend. I want to celebrate the team uh, of adults who leads our students every weekend, for, and you need to just reach out and thank them. Even if you're not a part of the youth, you reach out and thank those people for all that they do to bless our students as we engage our students with purposeful programming every Wednesday night. But friends, we have a big update uh, this weekend that we want to give to you. Um, friends, this last summer, our youth pastor Tyler came to me and he said hey i've been given an amazing opportunity uh, an amazing opportunity to be a worship leader in colorado Now, you guys that know Tyler or met Tyler, um, in fact, he was on our teams this weekend leading in worship, uh, know that he's a great worship leader. He's not just a great youth pastor, but he's a great worship leader as well. And uh, this organization in Colorado came to him and asked him to be one of their key worship leaders for their their ministry that really has a, a national impact. And Tyler came to me and said, hey, I'd love to go and do this, but man, I love our local church. I love a local church and I wanna make sure I honor you in helping you find the next youth pastor for our church. And so that's our our big announcement this weekend is this, is that Tyler came back to us in the summer and he agreed to stay through the end of 2020 before he went and took this amazing opportunity for this young man uh, to do. And so over the past few months, uh, our team has been meeting together, our staff team here, um, and collecting resumes and doing interviews and and getting prepared for what was next for our students. And we have been sent an amazing young couple. In fact, their picture's about to appear on the screen. This is Brad and Manny. um, And they are going to become our next Revolution Student Pastors here at the Bloomington Normal Vineyard. And we are so excited about partnering with them. Uh, Brad has been a youth pastor for many, many years. I think about a decade or more, he's been involved in youth ministry. In fact, uh, Corey, my wife, and I worked personally with him at the Urbana Vineyard a few years back um, and hadn't reconnected with them in a long time. But um, when we started reaching out uh, and needing uh, to collect some some ideas, some names and faces for our our student ministries, uh, Brad actually reached out to us in a similar time and he was one of the guys that we've been interviewing over the past several months. And so Brad and Manny are gonna come on as our student pastors in January. Now, what's so neat about this and what's such a blessing to us being a culture of honor here at the Bloomington Normal Vineyard is this, is that Brad and Tyler will work alongside one another through all of November and all of December, working together, working with our students, with working with our teams, uh, blessing one another, relying on each other's strengths and making hopefully a smooth transition into 2021 where Brad and Manning will take over full time and Tyler will go to Colorado to be a worship leader there. But guys, God has so blessed our church. And in fact, if we're gonna reach our cities with the love and the good news that he's poured into us, then we need amazing leaders. Uh, Tyler's done an awesome job building up our, our youth ministry from the ground up. And he hands up our, over a healthy and thriving student ministry to Brad and Manny uh, going into the new, new season. So what I would encourage you guys to do is do this for me. Um, reach out and thank Tyler for all of the work that he's done over the last couple years, starting and building our student ministries and reach out to Brad and Manny uh, to to love on them and say, we're so glad you're part of our team. And then together, encourage the two of them, Brad and Tyler together as they work together over the next eight weeks um, and transition this student ministry. In fact, in our live services, we will be uh, laying hands and praying for the schn lines that 's their last name uh, this weekend we're going to be praying for Brad and Manny, Tyler and myself and, and some of the rest of the team and laying hands and praying for them to bless them in this new endeavor um, as they Uh, along with our little daughter. um, We'll be packing up their old house and selling it and moving to Bloomington Normal. All the things that that new pastors have to do. Um, We're gonna need to uplift them in their transition. And we're gonna uplift Tyler as he is moving away from Bloomington for the first time in his life to go on an adventure of being an amazing worship pastor in Colorado. Uh, If you guys have any questions about any of that, please don't hesitate to email me. I'm gonna put my email up here on the bottom of the screen. Email me here at the church or text the church's number um, to ask any questions about the transition our student ministry but no, we are excited about having two months with two youth pastors we're going to be doubly blessed Um, and it'll be an amazing transition into 2021 as they launch into their new ministries all right with all that said we think that's an important thing Um, let me pray over uh, uh, our our current and future youth pastors before we enter into our teaching time this weekend father you are doing some awesome stuff in our church. And we, you always say, uh, if we're gonna be an expanding and increasing church, sometimes we're gonna give away our best, God. And we are giving away our best. We're giving away um, our amazing student pastor, Tyler Blanks, to go be an awesome worship leader in Colorado. And so God, um, we're giving away our best with open hands knowing he's gonna bless another ministry. And God, we're so grateful to you for brad and manny who are coming on to our team here and transitioning in these next couple of months because it's going to be an amazing time to get to know them better as they work alongside tyler and then release them fully in january to be our our full-time student pastors and so god we're blessed by how you have blessed this church and we're grateful for both brad and for tyler and we're so thankful for the futures you have for both of them and jesus Um, May this be an awesome time for our church and a thankful and celebratory time for our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, one of the reasons we're making those big revolution student ministry announcements this weekend is Tyler is preaching this weekend. He is wrapping up our no filter series where we've been unpacking the life in the ministry of Jesus and the relationships that Jesus has uh, with all kinds of different people, right? We talked about his birth. We talked about his teenage years. We talked about his relationship to his family, to his disciples, his relationship to the religious and to politics. And this weekend, we're gonna talk about another relational dynamic that he has Would you guys please put your hands together and welcome Tyler Blanks, our awesome student pastor, to the stage as he continues and concludes our sermon series, No Filter.
1: Amen. Well, our town, Bloomington Normal, got one of the greatest inventions known to mankind a couple years ago. In fact, we got two of them. It's called a trampoline park. Now, I i don't know who invented these things i don't know where they came from i don't know where they started and i really don't care all i know is it's genius and it's amazing it's a park full of trampolines. The walls are trampolines. You can do back flips. You can dunk if you're someone my size, praise God. You have uh, uh, foam pits you can do flips in. You have rock walls you can do all this stuff in. And, and honestly, if you're my age, you can act like you're 10 years old again with no repercussions. It's pretty amazing. So about a year ago, it was a wonderful October night. My friend Nick and I, we decided We're gonna go live the 10-year-old's dream again. So we go to the trampoline park. We're having the time of our lives jumping around. I'm getting my MJ on, on the basketball hoops. I uh, came really close to hitting a double backflip into the foam pit. It's pretty awesome, we're having a blast. And through the door, I recognize a group of guys walk in. Now, if you're a guy like me, first thing that comes to your mind when you see that in a trampoline park is competition. So, they come up and I notice, oh, one of them is an acquaintance of mine. His name is Luke. Luke is a great guy. And they come up and they say, hey, how about a round of dodgeball? Now, I left that out on purpose. Why? Because trampoline parks are amazing invention. Whoever invented trampoline dodgeball should be the richest guy in America. That's even better. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal, you can like you can like do full matrix, you can dive, you can jump, you can do all this stuff. And as the good friend I am, of course, I want to have a friendly rivalry with my buddy Nick. So I say, hey, no matter what happens, we can't be on the same team because what fun is that if we're on the same team when we could go against each other. I choose Luke's team. (laughs) So I I choose to be on my friend Luke. He's the acquaintance I just mentioned in that group. I want to be on Luke's team. Now, unbeknownst to Nick until the first uh, ball was thrown at him, but I'm gonna let you guys know, and on the secret, uh, Luke was signed by the Buffalo Bills in 2008, so Nick doesn't know he's going up against an ex-NFL quarterback until he starts lasering all these, these fastballs just coming across, it was amazing. Now, was it, was it funny? Yes, in all honesty, I only wanted to be on Luke's team because I knew the power he had, I knew uh, what he possessed, and frankly, I wasn't about to go up against it. However, it may have come at the expense of my friend having to face the wrath of Luke Drone, but it is what it is. Oh well. Forgive me, Nick. Anyways, this might be a goofy example, but I do believe that a lot of us do the same thing when it comes to Jesus. A lot of us might do the same thing when it comes to Jesus. You're like, what do you mean? I'm not playing dodgeball with him. Well, good. But we always want him on our side. We always want him on our team. We always want him to in our arguments. He's definitely on my side. He's definitely a Bears fan. (laughs) He's definitely this. He's definitely that. We always want him on our team. And sometimes it comes at the expense of our friends, at our neighbors, at those around us. Why? Because we want him so bad to be on our, our side. At the time you're watching this, I hope to God the election is done, but sometimes we say he would have been this side, he would have been that side. I've seen plenty of posts throughout the last four years saying he would have been this, he would have been a Republican, he would have been a Democrat, he would have been this. We get so caught up in what he would have been that we miss what he actually was, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, and I can tell you this. At least twice in the Gospels. If there's more times, please comment below. Do your Bible research. At least twice in the Gospels, I can count where Jesus specifically states his message. Matthew 18 and Luke 19. Jesus says this. This was his whole reason. This was his whole reason for coming. He says, I came to seek and save the lost. I came to seek and save the lost. His whole mission was to spend time around those who didn't know him, who weren't like him. That was his whole mission, his whole campaign. And the problem I see, frankly, with a lot of believers, because we want Jesus on our side, and we say, well, I'm a believer. He's definitely on my side. He's definitely on my party. He's definitely in my argument. He's for me, he is, but he's for the other person. The problem I see with this is the underlying message you're conveying is that he's on my team and you don't get to have him. He's my Jesus and you don't get to have him. He's for me and me only. But this is not the Jesus of the Bible. This is not the Jesus of the Bible. And Jesus of the Bible came to seek and save the lost. And so we're going to pick up in Luke 19. The story of Zacchaeus. If you have your Bibles, if you want to read along with me, if you want to watch the screen. And funny enough, a couple messages ago back in May in our Culture of Honor series, I actually used this verse. But I think it's so powerful and it's so, um, it goes along with the exact message that Jesus wanted to give. And so, as the story goes, Luke 19, chapter 1, Jesus enters into the town of Jericho. And there, there was this tax collector. His name was Zacchaeus. And in those times, tax collectors, man, they were thieves. They were liars. They were cheaters. They got rich off of other people's possessions. Pretty much, they're the guy that you think Jesus would not be around at all. And as Jesus enters in... A whole crowd of people, they, they come around Jesus, they get around him, and they're like, man, this is great, Jesus is here. And Zacchaeus has to climb up a, a sycamore tree to see what's going on. And Jesus, he, I'm sure he's flattered by the love he's getting from the crowd, but he disregards them. and he walks right up to Zacchaeus. And we pick up in, in, uh, in Luke 19, verse five, it says, when Jesus came to the place, He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down and come because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. And quickly, Zacchaeus came down and welcomed him joyfully. And all who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with the sinful man. Pause. Oh man, pause. Does this sound like us? Does this sound like people in the church nowadays sometimes? Does this sound like what I just mentioned? He's my Jesus and you don't get to have him? You're going to stay with the sinful man, Jesus? This guy doesn't deserve you, but look what I, I believe in you. I'm for you. I do all these things for you. Why aren't you coming for me? But remember his message. Remember his purpose. we pick up in in verse 8, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. And listen to Jesus' response. Jesus doesn't say, i believe that when I see it. (laughs) Or he doesn't say, yeah, okay, good for you, that's great. You need to do more, though. Jesus responds and says, today... Salvation has come to this house. Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to what? To seek and save the lost. The son of man has come to seek and save the lost. What kind of business does Jesus have being around a man like Zacchaeus? A thief, a liar, uh, someone who just isn't in it. He, he definitely wasn't like the crowd who came to welcome Jesus. He wanted to see him, but he, he wasn't, oh, Jesus. <laughs> what business did Jesus have being around Zacchaeus? Well, simply put, it was Jesus' mission. He knew his mission. Adam talked about that last week. He knew his mission, but it was also his heart. Jesus could have parted it up with the ones who, was, who were going to hype him up, But what does he say? Today, it's necessary for me to stay at your house. And in fact, I would argue that if Jesus would have stayed with the crowd, Zacchaeus would have seen him. Maybe Jesus would have done some miracles. Maybe Jesus would have done some great teaching. And Zacchaeus, he would have seen all that. But Zacchaeus was transformed as a result of a personal encounter with the personhood of Jesus. He was transformed when Jesus had a personal encounter and said, It's necessary that I come stay at your house. It was at that point Zacchaeus came down joyfully and greeted him. It was at that point that Zacchaeus had a change of heart. It was a personal encounter with the personhood of Jesus. And I would go so far to say that it was a personal encounter with the kingdom of heaven. Why? Jesus knew his mission. His mission was to seek and save the lost. But this isn't new for Jesus. This concept isn't new. Jesus didn't do this this one time to to try and prove a point. In fact, he actually taught about it. And at this moment, he's getting to show how he does it. It's only four chapters earlier in Luke 15 where he gives the parable of the lost sheep. This is the same parable in Matthew 18 where he gives his mission. I've come to seek and save the lost. But we're going to go back four chapters in Luke 15. And and we're, come on, where Jesus says this. It says, Luke 15, chapter 1. All of the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And get this. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And now he's about to tell you why. So he told this parable. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? When he is it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need repentance. Here's my question to the church. Here's my question to those who who say we're followers of Jesus. Are we like Jesus where, where, where we're we welcome those who don't know him around us. We welcome them who don't know him and who maybe don't look like him or act like him around us. Are we like the Pharisees and the scribes who claim, what business do you have being around these people? What business do you have talking to these people? What, like in the case of Zacchaeus, what business do you have going to his house? This is the shift that I believe the Church of America, this is the shift that I believe followers of Jesus need to have. It's not about getting around like-minded people like you. That's great for fellowship. It's great for iron sharpening iron. But Jesus' mission was to seek and save the lost. It was to seek and save the lost, first and foremost. When I was in college... I lived in a, in a church house, a ministry house, right on the corner of School Street and Willow. There were nine of us who lived in the house. And right across the street was the lodge. Maybe you know the lodge. It's the, the big apartments. They're really expensive. They're really awesome. They're also a massive party zone. And our house, was, I thought, was amazingly strategic. I thought it was, I, it had to be the Lord that we got that property because down the whole street of Willow Street and most of the street of School Street coming to a T where our house was at was Fraternity and Sorority Row. (laughs) All the parties, everything going on happened on that street corner. And right in the middle of it was the church house. And everyone knew it as the church house. People would come from frat parties, people would come from a whole night of doing whatever and they'd be like, oh, is this is church house. And we used to sit outside and we, almost every weekend when it wasn't cold or wasn't rainy or anything, we'd sit outside and we'd do some s'mores to like two in the morning. And we'd just, hey, you want to come? Get some more. You want to come? If you need to use our restroom, that's great. You want to drink water? And we'd just offer people in. And we'd hang out with them. We'd talk. Everyone knew this, the church house. Everyone knew this, the church house. A lot of people would say, what are you doing? Why not, why not have a weekend with the, the church fellowship? Why not have the church people over and you guys can pray and worship? You want know what I say to that? I say, why not have the people who are coming from parties over? Why not have the people who, who uh, still have alcohol on their hands and they're showing up drunk and they're doing their things? Why not have them over and I bust my guitar out in worship and we'll see what happens with the atmosphere in that moment? Because that's what would happen. We would have conversations. I would ask people if I could play them songs and we'd just start worshiping. It was amazing. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I, I'm not saying I got it all together. There were certainly times people would come and I'm guilty of falling to judgment. I'm guilty of, uh, of falling into, man, are we doing the right thing? It's kind of it's feeling kind of dark, man. The, the atmosphere is feeling kind of dark with all these people over here. But you're the light, church. You're the light, and where light is darkness gets pushed back, and with worship, darkness gets pushed back. I remember having conversations with people. I would invite them. I would talk to them, and then they say, I'm not ready. One girl I remember, I was at Fusion Brew two years after that, and she came up and said, I don't know if you remember me, but you talked to me that one night at the church house, and she said, and now I'm going, I'm a part of a small group. I'm a part of Encounter, which is one of the campus ministries out there. Tell me there's nothing the gospel can't do, but the gospel can't go forth if you don't bring into the darkest places. And Jesus does this, and those are just a couple examples in the gospels. Jesus does this when he's getting arrested. His disciples cut the ear off of the ones trying to arrest him. And he says, it's okay. He says, no, 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 put your swords down. Jesus knows Judas is gonna betray him. In fact, he tells him to his face, but he still says, you have a spot on my table. You can have the Last Supper with me. He tells Peter he's going to deny me. Peter, you can still sit at my table. In fact, after Peter does it, he restores him. This is all Jesus is all about. Church. as it's At the time of this filming, mean, I don't know what the election results are going to be. But there's going to be people who aren't happy about it. There's going to be people that you know who aren't happy about it. At the time of this filming, there's protests going on. There's rioting going on. There's so much things that we would say, I can't go into there because it's a dark atmosphere. I need to get around my church friends. And I'm challenging you that Jesus came, and that Jesus in you came to seek and save the lost. He came for the lost, and he wants to use you. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, Jesus says, Go therefore out into all the world. Not into your church, not into every church in the United States, and that's it, you can stop then. All the world, that means the streets. That means the darkest, and darkest, the darkest, the darkest places. That means the place that doesn't know Jesus. That means the place that might kick you out if you talk about Jesus. That means the place that might imprison you if you don't know Jesus. He's saying go and watch what my gospel will do. Because like Zacchaeus, I'm sure many people in that town thought Zacchaeus was the last one to get saved. But like Zacchaeus, watch what my gospel will do when it shifts the atmosphere. Let's pray, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. I'm just asking for for boldness, for courage, and, and just for a new love for your gospel and a new wave of love for people to go forth, for people uh, that we see and even the ones that we might know and we think there's no way, there's no way I could ever get that person to come to church, to get that person to come to to the goodness, the revelation, the goodness of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, and your gospel is good enough for them, and your death was good enough for them, and it holds so much power that, yes, it can wipe away the stain of sin in their life. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that your church would rise up at the Church of Christ in America specifically, but around the world would rise up to the task of going out into all the world, to every nation, baptizing the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, preaching your good news. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.